Welcome to God in the Ordinary, a podcast featuring special guests talking about how they reveal God during the ordinary rhythm of their daily life. Presented by author and speaker Sharon Tedford. Today's guests encourage us to think about how the light of the world shines through us, especially at Christmas. They're sharing hope in surprising ways through their ministry, which originates in something that couldn't be more British. My guests, Sarah Belcher and Chip Kendall. so glad to have two people joining us today. This is the first time we've done this because these two people are in two different places in the UK. So would you please help me welcome, first of all, Chip. Tell us where you are, please. Hi, Sharon. I am talking to you from Heald Green, which is right next to Manchester Airport in the United Kingdom. And the astute amongst us will recognise that that is not a Manchester accent. Oh, man, I was doing my best one, too. (laughs) Tell us where you grew up, because that's not just one place, was it? I was born in Florida and uh, not far from where the space shuttles used to take off from. And then when I was 12 years old, my family left the land of Mickey Mouse, as I like to say, and we moved to the land of Jesus. We moved to Jerusalem, to Israel. And I spent all of my teenage years growing up there in Jerusalem. And then when I was 18, 19 years old, moved over to California. I went to Bible college there on the West Coast of the United States. And now I've been in England now for 23 years. I've been here a long time. I've, I've paid my dues, Sharon. I've earned my right, even though I don't have the accent. You know, I feel the same in the opposite direction. Yes, I'm <laughs> living here in Dallas with my very English accent and my American passport. Sarah, tell us where you are, please, because you're not in the same place. No, I'm from a village in Lincolnshire, so East Midlands in the UK. And you are 100% British. I am. I'm actually half Welsh, half Welsh, half English. And my dad grew up in Australia. We are a very international bunch today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you both so much for joining us. Perhaps, Sarah, you can tell us a little bit about how you know each other, because there is a connection between you two, even though it's not a geographical one today. That's right. Too long for for this show. But um, we know each other through my family, don't we? Originally, you were in a band with my brother, you know, one of my sisters really well. And we also have quite a few Manchester connections. And actually, really cool story is that God told me one day to hang around after a prayer day with the Message Trust, which we're both really connected with. I was working for at the time and uh, I did. And I went to another prayer gathering that evening. And as I walked in one door of Audacious Church, where Chip now works, Chip walks in the other door and he said, I need to speak to you. And I said, I think I need to speak to you, too. And yeah, many adventures have ensued since then. I think that's the short version. Chip, did you want to add anything? I just want to say I've never met this woman before ever in my life. (laughs) I have no idea why you put us on a show together. No, 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 no. Sorry, I I take it back. Uh, It's actually Sarah's brother, Joel, is the real culprit. That guy makes me laugh in places I didn't know could laugh. He is just a funny guy. And he helped me produce a load of my kids' songs that I wrote for Audacious Church and just hit it off so well. And then, of course, Hannah, you know, their mutual sisters, an amazing, beautiful singer, just incredible songwriter, anointed by God. So it just makes sense that, of course, Sarah and her parents and her other brother are all incredible as well. And other so sister. I love these guys. 
and other sister who I haven't met yet. Yeah, a lot of love between the families. And Chip, you've been working in ministry with Sarah recently. Tell us a little bit about the ministry without going into it too deeply. Sure, yeah. So around COVID time, when all of a sudden we couldn't really gather in our local church in the usual way, uh, a lot of us found that we were able to connect with people that we knew all over the world just as easily, if not even easier, over Zoom and things like that. And so we called it rewilding. There was a lot of rewilding that took place. One of those people that I just really got to spend a lot of time praying with, prophesying with, um, joining with other groups as well, was Sarah. And we especially connected over the fact that Big Ben was silenced during the time of COVID, before COVID started and after COVID finished. I think altogether it was about five years that Big Ben had been silenced. And one of the points that Sarah and I had connected on before all of that was the fact that I'd written a song that put the words of Big Ben back to the melody of Big Ben. And so we did a few little vlogs about that. And that was one of the reasons we connected. Thank you. We're going to hear some more about that in a minute. And before we move into the full chat, our listeners know they're waiting with bated breath, Sarah, because one of my favourite bits is asking our guests to share a reflection on Isaiah 61. And because there's two of you, Sarah, you've chosen to do it for us. Would you like to read that for us, please? I would love to. Thank you, Sarah. When I initially heard that we would be asked to write a reflection on Isaiah 61, my heart rate went up a little and it made me smile a lot. This is one of my life's passages. I went into my dad's study when I was a teenager full of emotion and said, Dad, I really feel like this is written for me. My lovely dad encouraged me and explained it had been written about Jesus. I meant that he was speaking to me so much and resonated deeply. It still does today. I know it does too for Chip and many of our Christian brothers and sisters. Isaiah 60 is also a favourite and so poignant for us right now. The first line, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, is meaning more than it ever has. In these turbulent and pivotal times, we are seeing a fresh move of his spirit. The rest of the passage is full of the most incredible description of our Jesus. And of course, we are called to be like him. So when his spirit fills us, when we are truly one with him, it's only natural that we will be more Christ-like. How amazing that he told his disciples that we would do greater things than him. I can't get my head around that. On another personal note, I used to work in a prison. A release from darkness for prisoners, in verse 1, took on another meaning. This world so badly needs the freedom that God brings. If we all seriously lay our lives down for Jesus and live to see the transformational change we see in this scripture, his kingdom would come in the most extraordinary ways and at an extraordinary pace. I believe that as well as tough times ahead, we really will see all the promises in this chapter. We will see more people being clothed with salvation, righteousness and justice afresh, people and places that have been long devastated being restored and ruined cities surely being renewed. His praise will spring up before all nations and they will see their sovereign Lord at work in power. Thank you so much, both of you, for joining us today in different locations. We love to give people ideas and thoughts for Revealing God at Christmas. And I know that's what we're going to do today through talking about what your ministry is. And that's going to be really interesting. So, Chip, before we talk about what's happening now, I wonder if you could give us some history on the song that you just started to talk about all through this hour. Why did you write it and what's it about? I guess the short version is that I was invited to go and lead worship in the parliament buildings 
number of years ago, long, long time ago. And when we started to lead the worship service, I thought I had heard a bunch of feedback, like from the monitors. Or so. There was definitely something that was not sitting right with the song that we were starting with. Anyway, I quickly realized we were basically competing with the volume of Big Ben right above our heads. And Big Ben was playing in a different key to what our worship song was. So we had to wait for him to finish before we could really get started properly in our worship song that we wanted to start off with. And through the process of touring around Houses of Parliament where Big Ben is, I found out that there are words to the melody of Big Ben. In fact, there's even a giant plaque inside the Elizabeth Tower itself. Big Ben is actually the name of the bell. But anyway, the plaque says, Words and Music of the Chimes. All through this hour, Lord be my guide, that by thy power no foot shall slide. And then underneath that it says, Music from Handel's Messiah. So I was blown away. I was like, I've lived in England a long time, but I've never heard anybody talking about this. The fact that every 15 minutes you hear a little blast of Big Ben, and then on the hour you get the full song. For me, it was a moment to realize this isn't just a prayer. This is like a Bible-based prophecy prayer declaring the goodness of God. No foot shall slide. And then, of course, when Big Ben was silenced due to restoration work, I really sense the Holy Spirit saying to me, I want the words to come back before the melody comes back. And I'm like, what? And so I thought we'll rewrite a song, you know, that Chris Tomlin style where you add another chorus to it to make it sound a bit more contemporary. And the guy's voice who I had in my head at the time, I was thinking, well, how would Tim Hughes sing uh, all through this hour? Because, you know, he's he's like a really popular worship leader over here. A lot of people have heard his songs in the U.S. as well. Uh, songs like Here I Am to Worship and Oh Happy Day the new version that he did. So anyway, I began to write the song. It came quite easily, and I added a chorus, and the chorus said, For you, you are our king. Now bear in mind, this is before we had a king. This is when we still had a queen. And uh, for you, you are our king. For you, you have all authority. For you, you're the reason we sing. For all the world to know that Jesus reigns. Jesus reigns. And I thought, is that too declarative? I can't remember what they call it over here in the Church of England. There's like a a line that they try not to cross too much. Are we putting the wrong words in people's mouths that they're not quite ready to say yet? You know what? I don't even care. Jesus does reign. I'm going to say Jesus reigns in this song. And so uh, we put all that together, recorded it with a good friend of mine who's a British guy, Uh, did a demo, and then I was just playing the demo over and over in my car, and then I had a a lady visiting who runs something like 400 choirs out in Norway uh, called Soul Children. And so she was in the van, she hears the demo, and she's like, we want to get the Norwegian Soul Children, the Oslo Soul Children, to record this song. And I was like, really? That'd be kind of cool. You know, Big Ben's quiet right now. He's, He's not saying anything. And so we recorded it, and this is going back a number of years, But at the time, we got the words a little bit wrong. And so I always knew that there would come a moment where we'd be able to re-record the song with the right words and even get some other worship leaders from around the country to feature on it. Anyway, now you've brought bang up to date because when Sarah and I connected, 
There's another mutual friend, a guy called Les Moyer, who's the guy behind the UK Blessing. Do you remember during COVID, the one from the UK, which is one of the first ones, started with Tim Hughes, the guy that I had heard in my head. Anyway, long story short, Les helped us gather together loads of worship leaders, including Tim Hughes, to sing the most up-to-date current version of All Through This Hour, Jesus Reigns. And that's the song that you can go on YouTube and you can check it out. You see loads of people from all over the world, but they're singing here in the UK and in Israel and in Norway, these words of Big Ben. And now the cat is officially out of the bag. Everybody knows that Big Ben has words and we don't, we don't listen to it just as the Westminster chimes anymore. We're able to pray along, sing along. The voice of the church is coming back and we're able to make this a full-on prayer and justice movement. We're trusting that this is just the beginning of something really great. And you guys actually have Big Ben as your logo, part of your logo, I should say. Our logo is half of Big Ben and half of the Statue of Liberty because our show is very much stretching across the Atlantic Ocean and that is lovely that it means so much to you. I tripped across Chip as I was doing some research and I absolutely love this song. Our show notes are going to be packed full, by the way, so you can find the video of this song in the show notes and also we'll add in a video of the UK blessing in the show notes. There'll be lots of things for you to watch and learn about over there. So prayer clearly is something that's important. Sarah, do you think there's power in prayer? Is prayer hard? Hard to access, or is it something that we can add to the ordinary rhythms of our days? Actually, made my heart ache a bit when you said that. You know, is prayer hard to access? Because absolutely not. Prayer is talking to God. He is the Creator of the universe. He's the King of Kings. We believe, but He so loves us more than we can ever know. And for me, and for you both, and for many listening, He is our friend. He's the one who knows and loves us more than anyone else ever can. So why wouldn't we want to talk to Him and? The more we talk to him, of course, and the more we listen and hear his voice too, the more we have a relationship with him, which is just so, so important. And that's what he wants. So prayer is to be accessed by everybody. And if you haven't tried praying, um, you can even just pray help or God show yourself to me. Just really simple prayers. So yeah, just reach out and get started in any way you can. I don't think I could survive without being able to talk to, to Jesus. I really couldn't. I agree. You've been saying, Sarah, that you've been praying around Psalm 24. Why have you picked that? So every single bit of it is just relevant to what we are living at the moment, to what we're praying for, what we're longing for. Uh, The earth is the Lord and everything in it is where it starts. And a key part for us, and that's what we've been praying uh, specifically in Westminster, which for those of you who might not know is where Big Ben is situated. And so we've been praying, King of Glory, would you come in? King of Glory, we welcome you in. And that passage talks about the King of Glory as well. Um, There's so much in there that we, we absolutely love and it's been really key for this time, I think, as well. You've grown this prayer ministry, this song, into a blessing over where you live, over your town, over your country, over our country. And there's something specific that's happening on December the 12th. In fact, I know you've had some other specific things going on. Can you tell us about December the 12th, please, Sarah? Yes, of course. So actually for a few years, that date and other dates, um, in fact, the clock hands are set to 11.11 and that's a whole other story. And we met on 9.9 as well. But 12.12 
God told us about. To be honest with you, he, he talked to me about it in a, in a dream as well a, a while ago. And so last year we felt together on the 12th of December. Some people believe that 12 is the number of government, which again is maybe too much to go into now. But we did really feel together on that date. Last year we had an amazing time as we gathered and prayed and we sung that song actually outside Big Ben. We did the same and met in Parliament Square, a few of us impromptu. I prayed and worshipped there. And um, we also prayed in a, a really significant church in the city of London as well. We believe to do that again in a different form this year and since September we've been having Zooms which anyone across the world can access on key dates throughout each month but we'll be gathering on Zoom again so if you wanting to do that you're so welcome on the 12th of December and that will be 12 noon UK time. All Through Us Hour as a Movement is is very much about praying, worshipping, fasting, gathering and getting creative. So all of those things, we're really praying that people will do that wherever they are and then let us know. I mean, if we don't know, that's fine. That's partly what a movement is. We love that we're just taking our hands off, as Chip already alluded to, and we love it as well when we find out that we're all in it together and people are gathering and doing this all over the place. So yeah, that's what's happening on the 12th of December. That's very exciting and I love that it doesn't matter where you live, you should be able to join in with this. As I've been preparing for this interview, it dawned on me that my very own city clock chimes, the Westminster chime, every day on the hour. And I had never really picked that up before because it's just so normal to me. And our son lives in DC and it happens there too in his town. He told me about that too. So it is a prayer that is being prayed over us and we didn't even know it. So Chip, if people are listening going, oh my goodness, I'd like to do that on the 12th, but I've never guessed gathered people together to pray before, where should they begin? Yeah, we've got a website, allthroughthishour.com. Really easy to get connected in with the movement that's already started, but also gives you some creative examples of ways that you might want to join in. You know, it's not like you have to be there physically in person. You can join in on Zoom. Uh, We're looking for people to record themselves where they are so that we can add that together into one massive video. You know, I, I do a lot of ministry to young people and kids over here in the UK. And anytime I'm doing any kind of a large gathering, if there's any way possible, I will do all through this hour and we'll get the whole audience filmed, you know, and joining in with what we're doing. And we've seen whole church conferences lend their voices to the prayer as well. And the fact is, our voice is significant. And whether you're a young person, an old person, everyone has a voice. What's interesting is that you can't point to your voice. It takes your whole body to make a voice. For dancers, their voice is their expression. It's their dancing. For people who are involved in IT and technical support, they have a voice, even though their physical voice might not be heard, their fingerprints are all over that project, and that is them making their voice heard. So we just believe that the church is regaining her voice at this time. And as we do, it's important that we don't stay silent, but that we speak up. And so Big Ben, he's already doing it every single hour. What is our part to play? What voice can we add to this great voice? Yeah, and just to be clear, we're praying the words that are in Elizabeth Tower on the plaque, which go with the chimes, and it's all through this hour. Lord, be my guide, that by thy power no foot shall slide. And that's what we're praying, and people are recording, either singing, or if you don't want to sing, 
um, they're recording it's their voices in significant places. It could be a clock tower, it could be a bell. Bells are calls to worship, of course, as we've said, and prayer as well. Or it could just be in your room. But we're just joining together at a really turbulent, pivotal time in history to say that prayer, but also recognise, like the song says, that Jesus is king and it all comes back to him. It has to come back to Jesus because we can't do anything. We can't survive or thrive or live our lives without him. You're listening to God in the Ordinary with me, Sharon Tedford, and my guests, Sarah Belcher and Chip Kendall. Chip, will you tell us about the Air to Night and why it's significant for Christians? So amazingly, people don't know this, but Big Ben is basically a lighthouse as well. They've got a massive lighthouse light at the top called the Ayrton Light. And something that I find fascinating is that in the same way that the bell was silenced for a number of years while they did some restoration work, the light, it remained unlit throughout the Second World War. It was lit once more as war drew to a close on the 24th of April, 1945, when the House of Commons Journal records, Mr. Speaker addressed the House as follows. May I be allowed to make a slight interruption in the proceedings? In peacetime, the lantern light above Big Ben always shone out after sunset in order to show that the House of Commons was at work. For five years, seven months, and 23 days, this light has now been extinguished. When I press the switch, our lantern light will shine once more. In so doing, I pray that with God's blessing, this light will shine henceforth, not only as an outward and visible sign that the parliament of a free people is assembled in free debate, but also that it may shine as a beacon in a sadly torn and distracted world. I now turn on our lantern light. And I just think it's exactly the same now. We live in a torn and distracted world and the turning on of the bell again was just so important and significant. I just find it fascinating. The same exact thing happened with the beacon, with the light. (laughs) So why is light so important? You know, we're talking about light at Christmas a lot, don't we? That's a theme that raises over and over and over again. And beacons, do you think there's something meaningful about that? Yeah, absolutely. Of course, Jesus is the light of the world. Um, We hear that a lot, but when you really think of that, especially with so much darkness and increasing darkness, I'm 44 and I've never felt we've been in such dark times, but he is the light. And of course, as Christians, we carry him in us, so we shine his light the best we can. And uh, again, we hear that and it's a phrase that sounds quite cute in a way, but genuinely we are carrying him, we're carrying his light into dark places. And so how amazing that Big Ben, which is known all over the world, has a light on the top and a little orb with a cross on the top as well because, as I was saying about Jesus earlier, it all goes back to what he did for us on the cross and that is why we have light in the darkness. <laughs> God's been speaking to us a lot, even yesterday actually on a, on a Zoom call, um, someone else who hadn't heard us talking about beacons had a picture about beacons and was saying, I think we need these beacons across the nation. And I was like, yes, that's what we've been hearing and there's so many people who are sensing that at this time that we really need to be those beacons so he's been speaking to us about bells and beacons and baptisms actually but maybe that's a story for another time but really important at this time that we are beacons but we're joining with others as well for all sorts of reasons 
The other thing I think is incredible is that around 1212 is also Hanukkah, which is the feast of dedication or rededication. And what we do, well, at least what I did growing up in Israel and what Jewish people all over the world do, is they light nine candles. Now, they don't all get lit at once. There's one candle right in the middle that's a little bit higher than the other candles. And that, believers in Yeshua and Jesus, we call that the Jesus candle. Because as the days of Hanukkah go on, that is the light that lights the other lights of Hanukkah. So light is a very strong theme within the Jewish tradition, the Christian tradition, many different traditions all around the world. And I just think it's phenomenal that Big Ben is also a bit like that lighter candle that lights the other lights. It's a beacon. Are there other beacons across the UK, other things happening with beacons? So the queen ordered the lighting of beacons. Now the king is going to be ordering the lighting of beacons. Sarah probably knows more about this than I do. So back in the last Jubilee, there were lighting of beacons all across the land. And actually, when you saw a map of it, it was what we're seeing, if you like, in the spirit. We know that God wants for us as Christians and as church, his church across the land. And so that was really powerful. And around the 80th anniversary of D-Day, it's going to happen again on 6-6, 6th of June next year. And so more on that to come because there's a sense of very much the physical lighting of beacons and what's going on spiritually coming closer and closer together. So watch your space on all of that as well. You know, we have to talk about our logo again because, Chip, you pointed it out to me when we talked before that the Elizabeth Tower has a beacon and the other in our logo, as we've already mentioned, is the Statue of Liberty. And what's the beacon in the Statue of Liberty, Chip? That's also a beacon of hope. What you find is that, I love the great quote, and you might know this better than I do, Sharon, but about send me your poor, send me your broken, and all of that. And what we believe, it's the lamp of liberty, it's freedom, let freedom ring, you know, and which is also another thing to do with bells. Oh my goodness. Bells and beacons, you can see the overlap right here. But I honestly believe it's one of the greatest pictures that Americans have of someone lifting the torch Hi, you have no idea how many times British people go to prophesy over me and they say, oh, I just see you with this giant torch. And I'm like, no, that's not me. That's the Statue of Liberty. But anyway, I hear what you're saying. And I do have the torch of God's word. You know, there's a reason why the Bible describes uh, God's word being like a sword. And it also describes um, on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter two, it says that there were tongues of fire on everybody's heads. God wants to draw this distinction that we don't just light beacons, we are the beacons. Jesus said, I am the light of the world, but he also said to his followers, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. So guys, it's time that we come out of hiding, that we recognize that we are the beacons, not our own righteousness. It's only Jesus, of course. I'm not talking from that context, but he is calling us to be these beacons of hope, be these beacons of freedom, be these bells of joy and of ushering in, heralding his kingship wherever we go, whoever we're talking with, we get to be these beacons of hope. Sarah, how can we be these beacons of hope? In a practical sense, around Christmas, so many people feel hopeless and lonely. What can we do to become hope and light? 
Well, the first thing I would do is, it might sound really obvious to some, but I would just spend a moment going back to what we said about prayer and just saying, Jesus, what would you like me to do this Christmas? Remembering that you, the light of the world, came in to this world and why you came to this world so we can have a relationship with you. How would you like me to be like you this Christmas? And offer your life and your heart back to him and just say how can I be used really in service of him and you'll be surprised what he he might say to you but also back to Isaiah 61 if you study that and ask him to speak to you through that passage uh, there's a lot of clues in there about what maybe we should do and then really um, it goes back to something I wasn't expecting to say this but something that God showed me a vision that he, he gave me a few years ago around the gold frankincense and myrrh and mixed in all together that's about um, the healing the healing of the nations um, especially bringing healing to people in our community his healing there's a lot of people who are really struggling who are really lonely there's so much going on in the world right now so praying for those who are really struggling and then bringing his his light his hope his praying for people to be physically healed but also emotionally healed or if they're lonely to come alongside them there's all sorts of ways it could be healing but you know some people might be able to give of their time so the gold could represent it could be money it could be possessions it could be things that we give sacrificially to people but it might also be our time and our love and even just a smile in the street where other people are ignoring others but ask him what it is that he wants you to do and and then go for it and I I honestly think that if we all did that then the world would be a very different place. Indeed. And for the myrrh, we could just remember that we are a sweet fragrance. We bring Jesus with us wherever we go. Do you have anything to add to that, Chip? Ideas for loving on your neighbours at Christmas? Yes. If you have not got your testimony boiled down to one minute to be able to drop into any conversation, then let my voice be your reminder. This is the time that people are most open to hear the story of how Jesus has changed your life. You know, I've recently learned about this thing called the five-finger gospel, you know, and it's just a really quick and simple way of learning how to share the gospel. Be ready in season and out of season to share the hope to which you profess. And if you're not able to share the gospel succinctly, your testimony succinctly, please challenge yourself to be able to do it. Don't let a single day go by without challenging yourself to do this. You know, today is the day of salvation. And if you, knowing your testimony easily and readily enough to be able to share it quickly, knowing the gospel, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God doesn't want anybody to perish. He wants everybody to come to repentance. And that's a, a big leap for some people, but some people, they're ready to make that decision right now. And you can just pray with them. We we had this really great moment on the air, didn't we, Sarah? When, yes, when we were we talking did. about the Big Ben thing. And this guy was like, man, God's calling me to go back to church. And all kinds of really cool stuff happened. And if that can happen for him, it can happen for anybody. So that would be my best advice. And it's part as well of what we believed in our friend actor who's on some of the videos with, with Chip and I, another brother of ours. He really felt uh, strongly about the church having its voice back when Big Ben started chiming again. And that is part of the church having its voice back is to be able to share, even in the current climate where it might feel more difficult to be a Christian, actually to stand up and be counted and say, actually, we do believe in Jesus. We do believe, you know, we know about our faith. Um, and it's just really important, I think, that we 
all are able to not just um, do these amazing community things and all the social action that the church has actually been really good at and actually in this nation and I'm sure others too I know in America that there's a huge amount of good going on in communities but if we don't say with our mouths if we don't speak up um, and say who it's about and who it's for then that's not great in my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) I feel so encouraged and inspired by both of you. Yes, I think we should get out there and be the beacons of light that Christ has called us to be, especially at Christmas when people are open to talking about light. Now, at the beginning of the show, Chip, you mentioned your personal connections with Israel. And as we celebrate Christmas this year, I know that many of us are going to have Israel on our hearts and the people in that region of the world, because obviously that's where Jesus was born. And that's where we talk about Bethlehem and Jerusalem and all of that in the Christmas story. Can you help us think about some specific ways that we can pray for those people? Yes, in fact, the proof is in the pudding. The clues are and the hints are, are all sprinkled throughout this whole broadcast because we've been looking at Isaiah 61. And if you make that your prayer, right, make Isaiah 61 your prayer. I know that it was spoken by Isaiah, and a lot of that was fulfilled in Jesus already, but there's there's other applications. And just as you're declaring it, as your prayer for Israel, think of the captives. Anytime Isaiah 61 talks about captives, just think of the hostages. You know, at the time of this recording, it's still over 200 hostages that need to be released. I want you to make that your prayer for Israel. Then when it says desolate cities, you can imagine that that's actually talking about both Gaza and the kibbutzim, the kibbutzes around the Gaza that the horrible atrocities took place on October the 7th. Make that your prayer whenever it talks about desolate cities. And then anytime it says Gentiles, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but anytime the Bible says Gentiles, that's basically anybody who's not Jewish. So we are the Gentiles. We're the righteous Gentiles. And so anytime you read about Gentiles, imagine that that's the international aid and that's the prayers of the saints that are rallying around this time. So all I would say to answer your question, Sharon, is make Isaiah 61 your prayer. Don't just pray in the spirit, but with understanding. Thank you. That's really helpful. So basically, at the end of our chat now, everybody needs to go to the show notes because there are loads of things there you need to find. Tell us particularly again, remind us the name of the website that we need to go to if we want to join in with the prayer gathering. So that's www.allthroughthishour.com and specifically the contact button. And that sends an email through to us and we will get back to you with the Zoom link. We really want to include everyone, but we want to be wise as well as welcoming. So we ask people to actually ask for the Zoom link and we send it out privately. Um, and that's that's every month. Um, we will be having more in-person gatherings. Like we say, we're really encouraging people on the 12th of December to gather uh, wherever they are. And some of us will be in the Westminster area. But we're just saying that we are pretty sure that God's giving us a clue that we will be gathering again together next year as well in a, in a larger gathering. So all those details will be on that website, plus the song and a, a lyric video and some videos of us explaining more about the movement as well and more videos to come actually about what we believe is happening in these times. Great. Well, we here in our town are going to try and gather together on our green space and pray together in front of our clock tower on the 12th of December and ask the Lord to bless our city and our town and our areas as we pray all through this hour, Lord, be my guide, that by thy power no foot shall slide. Chip and Sarah, it's just been so lovely having you. Thank you both for joining us here on God in the Ordinary. Thank you so much. It's been a joy. Bless you. Thank you so much. Love you guys.
been listening to God in the Ordinary with me, Sharon Tedford, and my guests, Sarah Belcher and Chip Kendall. Contact them at allthroughthishour.com if you want to join in and pray for your village, town or city. The producer is Gary Dell and this is a Wise Word Radio 61 Things co-production. Go to 61-things.com to tell us how you reveal God in the Ordinary.